So you have to have a great vision and mission statement. From my personal experience, when I would have a good lead and on the first strategy call, the first question I'll always ask is why? Like, why are you doing this? And I noticed most of the times the founders weren't able to actually give me an answer. If you have a good mission statement, you're able to spark interest without any paid ads or without forcing it. From there, that's the initial step. And once, once you go through that step, it gets a lot easier. You're listening to the Paris Talks Marketing Podcast, where we interview top marketing leaders at high growth SaaS and other recurring revenue-based companies. Our goal with this podcast is to cut through the fluff and jargon of digital marketing to reveal what's really working at some of the fastest growing, most successful SaaS companies today. The Paris Talks Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Hop Online, a performance growth marketing agency. If you like this episode and would like to have a similar conversation with someone at our agency, just go to hop.online, H-O-P.online, and book a discovery call with one of our strategists today. Now, let's get into the episode. Um, uh, welcome to the Paris Talks Marketing Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Rennie Achkar. And Rennie is a marketing entrepreneur based in London. He started his agency called Social Laboratories in 2021 and is the current CMO at WhaleMap, which is an on-chain data analytics venture. His agency's primary focus is helping e-commerce stores and blockchain startups find the right marketing strategy. So Rennie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the great introduction, Paris. It's great to be here with you. Oh, yeah. Well, it was relatively easy. I think <laughs> the first thing that I want to know is, so you are a CMO and a CEO at the same time with WhaleMap as a CMO and you're a CEO of your own agency. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. I've actually started with WhaleMap not so long ago. I think it was about March time this year. So I was very much focused on my agency specifically at that point. We still have a few clients from both e-com and the blockchain sphere. So when, when they approached me, I obviously had to hire a CMO for my agency as well because I'm not able to give as much time. And yeah, that's how I'm working at the moment, kind of split between the two. Okay, cool. So I really want to understand one of the things that you indicated that you're doing with the agency is that you're bringing classic organic and paid marketing channels to blockchain startups. Is that right? Yeah, to, to a certain extent. So obviously the blockchain sector is still at its start. It's still developing. Nobody knows, no, nobody fully understands it. So what the reason I kind of, I really enjoy working within this sector in particular is because it's still new and it's very innovative. So some of the strategies you bring in have never been executed before and you have to have a different approach because at the moment, unfortunately, there's a lot of rules and regulations that we have to follow, especially when we launch paid ads, any social media, as well as search engine, for example, Google, it's kind of limited to what we can say and what we can offer. It's really about finding the right strategy and uh, finding the right growth channel for, for all these startups. Mm -hmm. And have you seen any particular classic approach, either, let's say, SEO or content marketing or paid search? Have you seen those types of tried and true digital marketing channels work for a blockchain startup? Specifically those you mentioned, not so much. I mean, SEO is still, we work on it quite heavily with WhaleMap as well as the other startups I work with. But the main focus really is organic marketing, specifically Twitter, Telegram, Discord. Those are the big three at the moment. I don't know what's going to change in the next 12 months, in the next five years. But those three, specifically Twitter, you've got all the blockchain influencers 
and investors on Twitter quite heavily. So finding the right Twitter strategy is probably one of one of the best methods to grow at the moment. In terms of paid, you wouldn't really do paid, for example, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok ads. It's mm-hmm. mainly some ventures go opt-in for influencer marketing. Uh, I've seen a trend in that, especially in both in the UK and as well as the North American markets at the moment. And so Twitter, you said Twitter, Discord, and Telegram, right? Yes. That's, those these, are the we all know Twitter, but t- Discord and Telegram seem to be really the real breakouts. But these are, we all know what Twitter is, but I think of Discord and Telegram as really chat applications. So what is the essence of a marketing strategy, which is centered at, with, let's say with Telegram or Discord for a blockchain startup? How do you do that? Is it just a lot of conversation marketing? In blockchain, it's very, in terms of marketing specifically, blockchain is very community orientated. These three platforms specifically, actually, Twitter, not so much. Twitter is just more of a general platform where you have, you can have a big presence and a big platform. Telegram and Discord are great for building communities. So for example, on Telegram for WellMap, we have a pretty big Telegram channel. It's called WellMap Announcements. And there we post different stuff. For example, on Tuesday, we have Twitter Tuesday. So for our users who aren't so big on Twitter, we compile the top, the most trending and the most interesting tweets, and we send it forward. We also host AMA sessions, both on Telegram and Discord. So it's essentially about building, building together a community of your users. And Discord gives us a great platform for that. It was actually initially, I think Discord was mainly used by gamers, but the user interface on Discord allows you, you know, I would love to share my screen. I'll just show you what the whale map Discord looks like, just so you kind of get a better yeah. understanding. And for those who are just going to listen to the audio podcast, I'll, I'll do my best to narrate what I'm seeing or just try to paint the picture. But we are going to also post this on YouTube. And of course, on LinkedIn Live, you'll see the recording that will have the screen share. I can see your Gmail. Okay. Now it's, is this Discord? Yeah. So this is Discord. This is Wellmap's Discord. I'm obviously the admin here. So you see a lot more than you'd see as just a community member. You have stuff like general chat where people just talk about anything. They introduce themselves. They introduce, they, they speak about how long they've been in the blockchain space, how they came across Wellmap stuff like that and then this is where it gets interesting so we have a, a page it's called your trades we just we literally just speak about what we're doing in terms of trading today is actually an interesting day uh, most of the blockchain community will probably be quite nervous today of what's happening and we've created a specific twitter page for this so it's called Wellmap traders where on a weekly basis we will be sharing the most interesting trades what people are up to and yeah just giving a platform for our smaller members with a smaller following to actually show their talent show what they're up to and just show the rest of the community how they're doing so as you can see it's literally just helps you build a community you've got everything in one space we have the friday sessions as you can see there's a voice chat but every Friday we get together, we speak about what's happening. We give our community updates about WellMap, speak about any topics they want to host AMA sessions. Yeah, that's essentially the whole purpose. I feel like we just looked at, we just got a window into the future of digital marketing right there. Because one of the big themes that I'm seeing and I believe heavily in is that the what today is all about audiences and targeted audiences that you can pay to get in front of. Tomorrow, through channels like Discord and Telegram, it's about community. It's about not the audiences that you can target, but the communities of people that you can build and engaging them, not by paying to get in front of them, but engaging them with topics and education and getting them to share information. Well, what what do you think about all that? 
Yeah, I agree. So uh, this actually brings me to a good point. Well, my what we're trying to do is we also try to involve our community as much as possible into our operations as well. So I'm not sure if you noticed on the Discord page, on the right-hand side, it was a list of all the names of our users. And there was like by subsection. So there is WellMath Management, Community Manager, and we're currently working on a Gatekeeper program. So for our community members who are really interested and involved in this project, some of them are really keen to help us like in any way they can. So whether it's by offering us articles that they write, any trades that they do, some are interested in moderating our community and just making sure that it's running smoothly, that there is no one harassing anyone. Yeah, essentially, mo- yeah, they're literally moderators. Yeah. Rennie, what is, these people are volunteer moderators. What is their incentive? So there's different incentive, but that's what we're actually working on at the moment. A lot of these blockchain startups, they offer in return for the time of these moderators, they offer either a local token or some material that isn't accessible to everyone. A lot of the times these blockchain startups, they have tiers for their products. So they have a standard tier, which they, in most cases, don't charge for. Some have a VIP and obviously you get more, more perks and sort of content and material if you pay, if you subscribe to these platforms. So as moderators, it really varies. There's a variety of different incentives that you can offer. Is this Web3 or is that something... It's similar. We're we're getting towards Web3. At the moment, the problem of Web3 is that, again, similar to blockchain, there isn't really a perfect definition for it and people are still figuring it out. I actually saw a post today. Web3 at the moment, the main focus of Web3 is NFTs. I'm sure you've probably heard, seen them. In the future, we're looking at e-com stores being Web3 as well. I'm still not sure how that's going to work, but people are trying to make it happen. I've seen a startup actually working on that. And um, yeah, I'm very excited to see where it goes. It's still the start of this whole uh, sector. It is, yeah. And I really, I'm very intrigued by it. I had a great episode a few months ago with Kieran Flanagan from HubSpot, and he's a big proponent of Web3. And the way he described it is really just, if if you think of Web2 as really just giving your marketing dollars to Google and Facebook in front of your paid audiences, Web3 is just tokenizing and carving out a slice of equity of your startup business and creating tokens for people and giving those tokens to people to become really to become investors. Yeah. Digital assets, essentially. Right. Giving those as digital assets. And then if I have one coin, which is essentially like a share of equity in a startup company, and I'm a enthusiastic early adopter, then if I want to increase the value of that coin, I'm going to go out and create content. I'm going to shout about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna become a marketer there. I'll moderate Discord channels. I'll I'll shoot videos. I'll share, and so instead of putting I don't know taking a million dollars and just giving it to Google and Facebook ads, you take that same value and tokenize it and give it to your first hundred or first thousand customers maybe, and then turn them into a marketing army for you, and then you just have you know imagine the. Uh, exponentially greater volume of content that, that can be produced by those people with the right incentives, as opposed to trying to pay to, cre- to create that content in-house and then pay again to, to get that content in front of audiences in Google and Facebook. Yeah, a strong community will get you far in, in blockchain, in, in a blockchain startup for sure, yeah. Yeah. How do you get that started? How do you get the spark to get a community, to you know get the snowball rolling down the hill? So... You have to have a great like vision and mission statement, which which a lot of the times, from my personal experience, when I would have a good lead and 
on the first strategy call, the first question I'll always ask is why, like, why are you doing this? And I noticed most of the times the founders weren't able to actually give me an answer. If you have a good mission statement, you're able to spark interest without any paid ads or without forcing it. From there, that's the initial step. And once, once you go through that step, it gets a lot easier. What we've seen at WellMap is a lot of our community members come from a referral. We have, we, from, so from initial, when we started, we had a community on Telegram and people would just speak about it within their friends, within their circles, and it just grew and grew. And it's a nonstop cycle, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. The Paris Talks Marketing Show is affiliated with Hop Online, a performance marketing agency focused on high-growth SaaS and other recurring revenue-based companies. If you like the flow of this conversation, you may want to consider jumping on a discovery call with someone at Hop Online. A discovery call is similar to my podcast interviews in a lot of ways. We'll get to know your business goals, competitive landscape, and marketing needs. And you'll almost certainly come away with some new ideas for how to accelerate your customer and revenue growth. If you're interested, go to hop.online, that's hop, H-O-P dot online, and book a discovery call with one of our strategists today. Now, back to the episode. What kind of a team do you have both at WhaleMap and at Social Labs? So at WellMap at the moment, the team specifically for Discord is quite small. We had an initial test last week where we invited 10 community members from our Telegram to test out our Discord. It went well. They enjoyed it. We got a lot of valuable feedback as well. So we took that into account. And last Friday, this is all quite new, actually. Last Friday, I made all those changes and we're now finalizing our gatekeeper program so it's essentially a moderator a bit more tasks at the moment we have one guy who's based out in nigeria who moderates all the content that goes through and yeah make sure everything's running smoothly but we are currently quite heavily looking into bringing in more people to help us with this Mm -hmm. so what advice would you give to an e-commerce company that's looking to take that next step and move into the blockchain So let's say they've been around maybe 10 years, successful, classic fiat currency-based business, maybe online, mostly online payments. And they say, we want to take advantage of blockchain now. We want to be able to get paid via the blockchain. How does an e-commerce, an established e-commerce company make that transition? Well, that's a really good question. I've never actually been asked that before. Um, (laughs) In all honesty, at the moment with e-coms, it's still fairly early to integrate in, into blockchain. Obviously, there are stores that accept accept the main, the, the big, your traditional cryptocurrencies such as like Bitcoin, Ethereum. They they do it through just different wallets. I haven't seen it become as popular at the moment, but I think within the next 12, 12 months, maybe two years, it will be a lot more popular. And I'm actually curious to, to see how this how e-commerce will integrate into blockchain because at the moment i'm seeing in recent months a lot of big brands for example majid al fatim which are i think one of the biggest retailers in the united arab emirates they just signed a partnership agreement with binance to start integrating blockchain platforms and payment methods into their shopping centers Balenciaga, they already take some form of crypto that I know of. So it's gradually, and MasterCard actually as well, a big financial bank started working with blockchain. So it's all starting to, everyone's starting to adapt to it. And with e-commerce, it'll be something interesting as well. And I'm sure we'll be seeing this in the coming months. Yeah. Do you think the e-commerce can 
in particular move into the NFT realm and start to create these different types of assets and sell them? Yeah, depending on the product, because with NFTs, it's essentially, you have utility behind it. Most people see it as a piece of art, digital art. It's a lot more than that. There has to be, with all of with all the NFTs, they all have some sort of roadmap, which they explain to their followers and to their users what they want to achieve, what the whole purpose of it is. And if there is a method to what which there, there inevitably will be integrate that into e-coms into into the nft sector which i definitely see happening soon it's possible for sure because yeah. i've already been seeing it with companies that offer for example online coaching you buy you, you purchase their nft and you for example get x amount of hours one-to-one with the coach as well as like you get to attend networking events that's one of the more basic ways of applying it, but I'm sure soon we'll be seeing a lot more value and utility behind that. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the types of clients that you have at Social Labs, other than the, I know that they're e-commerce clients, but what are some of the coolest blockchain startups that you're working with at the agency? So currently we're working with one NFT. I actually found this concept quite interesting. On their roadmap, they plan to have a dating app, which will, the project's called Wives of Solomon. Super new. I actually only started working with them about a couple of weeks ago. So at the moment, we're focused on influencer marketing. This week will be pretty interesting with that. But what they're doing is they have NFTs, which are literally wives of Solomon. And further down the line, when they sell out, the dating app is coming out. And this is what I want to kind of understand better and see how this will work out. Because I haven't actually heard of a dating app before that integrates NFTs into them. So I've had, I just had a look at the user interface earlier today, actually, via Figma, and it's looking interesting. And th- this is one of one client I'm actually really enjoying working with because of the new methods that we're implementing in terms of marketing them and getting their community ready, essentially. Cool. That's, that's really interesting. Let's take, let's take a big pivot now into some, some of the other things that I was interested to talk to you about, and that is personal branding and also self-development. This is a particular interest of yours, and why is that? Actually, so when I started my agency, it was about a year ago. For five months, it was going really bad. We had one client. We weren't hitting break-even, so I realized there's something wrong. And the problem, one problem that I also noticed, which works for a lot of people, but unfortunately for me, I found out the hard way that LinkedIn automation doesn't work for me. So I'd automate, I use Sales Navigator quite frequently. I would download the database of the users and would input that into Meet Alfred. For about a month, it worked, gave some results, some low ticket clients came in, but they weren't long term and it just didn't work out for me. So I started posting consistently uh, for a couple of months and, and I noticed about two, three months ago, people just messaging me directly and asking either for a consultation or just go through their sort of marketing strategy and come on board full time. And this is when it got more interesting for me because... The people that were messaging me were high ticket clients, which I never expected. And since then, I've just been I've just been re- hitting really hard on the personal branding, especially on LinkedIn. Recently, I've taken up Twitter as well. Twitter, even though for all my clients, I do pretty well for Twitter, but for personal use, I'm struggling a bit more. But it's still something I'm f- figuring out. I actually first time I ever found out about personal branding was I follow you, you probably know him, Justin Welsh. And he posts consistently. I saw he was getting like really good results. His engagement was constantly high. Some of the clients he was working with was, was really impressive. So I just tested it out. And since then, I haven't looked back. That's one of my main 
channels of closing clients. I used to, like I said, automate a lot, but it just, it wasn't efficient or effective. So, yeah. Yeah. But at the heart of this is building a personal brand alongside your company brands, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. You need to understand how to keep those separate because I actually took the social apps for rebranding in January. Previously, we focused on too many sectors. So we had, we were trying to target real estate agencies, recruitment agencies, hospitality venues. So it just didn't work. And I wasn't able to build a sort of a portfolio, which I could present to these clients. So I had a look at e-com, which I was quite interested in for a while, as well as blockchain. And I saw a big potential there. So in January, we went through a big rebranding, had a new website built different logo and it just changed and that's when i kind of started focusing more on my personal brand as well because i was very i was driving quite well our uh, social labs through linkedin seo was quite big as well right now obviously seo is quite saturated for marketing agencies it's a lot harder to break that barrier whereas personal brand it's still there and you'll see results a lot quicker than any other form of marketing i guess yeah that's something that i believe strongly in too that Personal brand supports the business brand and vice versa. But really, yeah. if you're a founder, there isn't a huge distinction between your personal brand and your company's brand. People just see you as, you know, in my case, Paris from Hop Online. And in your case, it's Rennie and from Social Labs. Or So I think really it, do, it doesn't really, I, I don't think you really need to overthink personal brand versus company brand. I mean, I think as long as you're just sharing your you're sharing your content and putting it out there behind your name. It's pe- people are going to find the companies and the brands behind your personal brand easy enough. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about different content because I've played around with different types. I've posted videos, I've posted articles. One thing, well, two things actually that I haven't surprisingly tested out yet are podcasts and newsletters. So maybe in the future I might try that out. But in terms of actual for my personal brand, how I create content is it changes week to week, but usually I sit down on a Saturday and create content for the week ahead. Sometimes this happens fairly frequently these days. Something interesting comes up, so I'll share it twice in one day. I haven't been getting any complaints in regards to that, so it's quite good. And uh, one thing I've also really noticed, and this is this was completely changed my mindset in terms of marketing, uh, was when I started working on my personal brand, people were coming to me with their problems and asking me if I could solve them. Previously, I was sort of offering my service to people when they didn't actually have a problem that needed to be solving. So I was in, in all, and basically I was just giving them more problems instead of solving their problems. And that's the approach that I've seen that has been working well, is if you just wait and understand what the prospect, the lead is facing and how what, if you can actually solve the problem for them, because if not, you're just going to waste your time as well as their time and it just won't work out at the end. Yeah. And are you generating most of your leads now and through this method, through LinkedIn and Twitter? Yeah, majority of it's coming in through LinkedIn at the moment. I still do use Sales Navigator. For example, if I see that this the, the person that I want to target does not isn't in my connections or doesn't have a second, like a mutual connection, I will drop them a message, but it's not like your generic sales pitch was, hi, I'm Renny. I have a marketing agency. This is what we do. I actually have a chat with them about their business or what they actually do, see what's going well for them, what's going bad. And I then just offer, see if they need any help solving any of their marketing issues and give them a strategy proposal. Yeah. And do you have a, in parallel to that, do you have a, a process for 
connecting with a certain number of people every day or every week? Not really. I used to have a VA. It, it worked, but it also didn't work. I think nobody will truly understand your goal better than yourself. So no matter how much you explain to someone your vision, sort of your ideal prospect, how you work, they will not be able to copy you one-to-one in terms of communication, business development. So I, I stopped doing that. It did get me a couple of clients working with a VA. It did save me a lot of time. But then I thought I realized I'm better off doing everything myself. So in terms of actually sending out connection requests, I don't really have a certain number. Obviously, I'm a lot, I have a limited amount of time these days because of uh, the workload we have at the moment. But on average, I'd say I send about 10, 10 connection requests a week. Most of them do get back to me because it's genuine. It's not automated anymore. One, one good thing, obviously, about automation was that I could send out, I think LinkedIn's capped at 175 connection requests a week now. So I could send out 175 a week. The conversion rate in terms of who to reply was very low, but it's still even that, for example, I send out 10 now, 10 people get back to me with an automation. But the problem was the quality of the prospect as well. Yeah. So now you're not using any automation at all? Not at all. It was, yeah, did it for a bit, but now there's a risk of tarnishing my image as well. Yeah, I think also it's it's risky even for LinkedIn to, if LinkedIn detects. Yeah, you can you can get banned for that. They're quite, they're really strict of it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that they don't want to, they don't want to be Twitter. If you look at Twitter, um, there's a lot of heat right now around the acquisition from Elon Musk because, well, probably a huge part of that audience, we don't really know yet, but a lot of these are just fake accounts and a lot of the automation that ran wild. Yeah, I agree with that because I made a tweet in regards to Figma and LinkedIn were down for me last week. So I made a tweet and I hashtagged Figma and LinkedIn. And within five seconds, I had a comment from from a developer who's quite good with Figma. And it was just a generic comment. Reach out to me if you're in need of a graphic designer. So I don't, re- I don't really see that on LinkedIn. There isn't, in terms of automation, LinkedIn was mainly like connections and messages, whereas Twitter is you can automate everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, with LinkedIn now, they want people to be very conscientious about who they're connecting with. They want real human connections and they don't want automation to run wild. And I think that's what Twitter allowed to happen. Yeah, especially with Twitter being one of the leading social media platforms for blockchain, it it won't be helpful for them because blockchain, like we spoke about earlier, it's really about community. And if you have that many bots, it defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. You must, about how much time do you spend on a typical day on LinkedIn? If I'm honest, I've got to open in my background 24-7. I've actually got two LinkedIn accounts now. When I, when I started focusing a lot more on blockchain, I realized the content that I post on my main account isn't really relevant or related to the people that I connect with in blockchain. So to make it easier, I just made a completely separate blockchain account. You can actually check it out. It's got uh, the profile pictures the same, except it's got the flashing eyes which is blockchain meme. But there I only connect with blockchain prospects, so startup founders, as well as other CMOs and marketing strategists and other blockchain ventures. That way I can speak with them, see what's working well for them, share what's working well for me. And it's just a great way to network with other blockchain entrepreneurs per se. Mm -hmm. That's a second personal profile or is it a some sort of a... It's a personal profile, yeah. And I only share blockchain news, blockchain Mm -hmm. content there. 
Because yeah. for my other audience and my main account, they're not very interested in what's happening in blockchain. If I always recommend them if they're actually interested and want to learn more to follow my second account. It's just a case of not annoying my followers, basically, so that they get the stuff they actually want to read about. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about, about the mindset that comes with entrepreneurship and self-development. What kind of a mindset do you try to bring to your work every day and how has that helped you? So honestly, when I started, I found it quite hard to, um, I suppose, not even enjoy what I do, but to do it to the best level I can. And I would constantly burn out without even having to do that much work. So I think it was a lot of anxiety at that point going on because I was anxious. I was nervous that I'm going into entrepreneurship without any pre prior experience in entrepreneurship. Previously, I worked for another agency. I didn't enjoy it as much simply because just of the how it ran and sort of the structure of it. So in terms of mindset, how I do it is I, at the moment, there's an opportunity for me to be really a leader in in the blockchain marketing sphere. And I wake up with a mindset where I want to bring more strategies, want to be known for what I do. And it just kind of drives me to get the best results I can for my clients, to get the best results for whale map in terms of uh, strategy, to, to do something that's never been done before. And yeah, that's really, it's just to, to be as innovative as possible. Yeah, I'm really interested in what you've been doing on LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn a lot too. It's like you, it's always open in the background and when I have spare moments, I'm just checking it out, looking at the latest content. And then Yeah, I used to scroll through Instagram mainly, but I now find it quite boring because, uh, I don't know, LinkedIn just gives a lot of value. And actually, speaking about that, in terms of personal branding, I also found that really, I still find it really important to actually engage with other creators as well. Creating content is great. So for, for a couple of months, I was just creating content, but I didn't really see much results because I wasn't getting views i wasn't getting likes comments all that stuff until i started actually engaging with similar accounts but with a higher following and just kind of making a name for myself making my name more recognizable and yeah i spend about half an hour a day just looking through any interesting any interesting content and just engaging with it and adding actual value not just being like nice posts or this is cool congrats actually trying to lead conversations within the comment section yeah I've also noticed that the more active I am in engaging in other people's content, the more LinkedIn gives me organic exposure to my content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There's absolutely. Correlation there in their algorithm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, Rennie, it sounds like you've got your hands full and you're right at the beginning of a great journey. And probably a few years from now, you're going you're gonna to be one of the names in blockchain marketing, or if, if you're not already, but as blockchain evolves, I think you're making a, a very strategic bet to to become one of the early experts in a field in an emerging technology. So I think it's very bold and I wish you all the best in the, in the journey ahead. Appreciate that. Thank you for your time. It was great speaking with you. Same here. Take care, Rennie. Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about our growth marketing agency, visit hop.online. That's hop, H-O-P dot online. Have a great day.